I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 235. And welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. At the Christian school where I work, we still teach our children hymns, and I love that. And from time to time, we'll sing a hymn in church, normally reworked in sound to be a little bit more of a modern take. And this week's song by Matt Marr, What a Friend, reminds me of some of the hymns of old. The lyrics that say, what a friend we have in Jesus, or Jesus, what a friend for sinners, Jesus, lover of my soul, or I found a friend, oh, such a friend, he loved me ere I knew him, and I found a friend who is all to me. His love is ever true. So we're going to a central place in scripture where Jesus calls us his friends. And I can't wait to share what I've learned this week. Join me on the other side of the chorus. Been today in John chapter 15, where Jesus specifically calls his followers his friends. And I can't wait to share some thoughts that I garnered from time in God's Word, guided by an outside resource. Now, using outside resources is a Bible interaction tool exercise that you can use. I call these exercises bites, B I T E. And while I don't normally lead with the bite of using outside resources, and honestly, we won't lead with it here today. I'm just super pumped and hope you follow the links in my show notes at michellekneesat.com forward slash 235 to this outside resource too. You can find all the links in my show notes. In fact, when you get to the website, if you subscribe to uh, right there in the right-hand corner, I will send you a one-page resource of the top five bytes that I use um, almost some of them almost every week. And so, but before we get to scripture and the outside resource, I want to start with following the bite of reviewing the headlines or the section headings in your Bible to get our bearings and understand the context of what we'll be reading today. I actually, I recommend actually reading the context, my favorite bite of all times, by the way, reading in context. If you start in John chapter 13, or even earlier in the book of John, if you can. But if you start by John 13 and read all the way through John 17, of course, where we're going to be looking at today sits right in the middle in John chapter 15. That will give you the full context of just this whole kind of scene, several scenes unfolding and a big, long conversation that Jesus has with his disciples. So 
Of course, we don't have time to read five chapters of John today on the podcast. Um, well, we could, but it would be the full, probably be the full 15 minutes, the full 20 minutes. But I will use the bite of getting your bearings by looking at the section headings. Now, this bite will only work if you've read John before and you can remember what happened when you read this, the headings. So sometimes you kind of have to read it several times to really, for this review of the section headings to work. But if you are familiar with the scripture, they, it's really a helpful interaction tool. But don't fret. If you're not familiar with it yet, all you have to do is read or listen to John chapters 13 through 17 and then pull out the text to study further. Now, listening to an audio version of God's Word is another excellent bite, another excellent Bible interaction tool exercise. It is one way I use to mix up my time in God's Word. I will sometimes start with that and then go um, to the text uh, with a, a physical Bible. Also, it's a convenient way to stay in God's Word while doing other things like getting ready or driving or washing dishes. Well, you probably know it's probably how you consume this podcast too. So let's get our bearings by using the headings. John chapter 13 starts out with Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Then Jesus predicts his betrayal. Jesus predicts Peter's denial. Jesus comforts his disciples. Jesus, the way to the Father. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. The vine and the branches, which by the way is the section where we will go back to today. The world hates the disciples, the work of the Holy Spirit. The disciples' grief will turn to joy. Jesus prays to be glorified. Jesus prays for his disciples. Jesus prays for all believers. And then in chapter 18, Jesus is arrested. So does that give you kind of an idea of where we are in the big scheme of things? We're actually going to go back up to the section of the vine and the branches, and we're going to interact with a small section of even that section, a small section within that section today. But after you listen and study it for yourself, don't forget to go back and consider it all in the context of the whole, because we're going to be focused on a very small idea today, and then when you go back and read the whole, uh, you can consider it in light of the whole. So this section is all red letters. If you have a Bible version that is printed this way, red letters reflect the words of Jesus. And my version displays these words in red. Just going to look at a few verses, verses 12 through 15 of John chapter 15. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. Okay, now do you see why we're going to look at this section? It's all about being friends with Jesus. But it's really important that we consider how God's word defines being friends with Jesus, okay? I've talked about it before, but our worldview or how we view the world is important. And looking at friendship through a biblical worldview is important, especially when we're talking about being friends with Christ, Now, I had a conversation with a friend the other day about the parallels between parenting and being children of God. And while we are created in God's image and he has placed us in families and those roles and relationships are often reflective of God's relationship with himself and with us, it is definitely not an apples to apples comparison. 
First of all, we tend to distort truth, thinking our experiences are a reflection of true friendship, for example, just like our earthly fathers should be reflections of our heavenly father. We know all too well when they fall short. Similarly, our friendships may not be the healthiest comparisons to our friendship with God, if you know what I mean. So our view of friendship may be tainted by our experiences in friendship. So the best way to approach scripture, especially this scripture, is to realize that none of our friends are the divine son of God, right? So can we at least start there? (laughs) So the next thing we need to do is recognize when a little help might help when reading God's word. And I mentioned the bite of using an outside resource this week. I love this one. I've used it before. I think I've mentioned it before, I'm sure, but it's probably been a a long time since I've uh, uh, directly referred to it on the podcast. But the resource is a series of videos by John Piper called Look at the Book. And Dr. Piper was a biblical studies teacher at Bethel College in Minnesota, and then he went on to pastor a church for 33 years. And I love his approach in this series of what he calls labs. Now, I challenge you to watch the videos for yourself this week, but I want to add the bite of writing writing in and around the text. Now, some people are very uncomfortable doing this in their actual Bible. So if you're one of these, you don't want to mark up your Bible, which by the way, I give you permission to do because it, that's part of interacting with God's word. But I, I, I have a friend actually who marks up a Bible over the course of three years as she makes her way through the text and then sets it aside as a future gift to her grandchildren as part of the heritage of Christ in her life. Isn't that amazing? But let's say it still makes you too nervous. <laughs> then go online to like say biblehub.com or one of the online Bible resources, copy and paste the section of scripture you're studying into a word processing document, make it double spaced with a wide right margin for notes and observations, print it out and mark it up and add to it. Let's say you can save it in a binder and add it as notes to a binder of notes that you keep as you interact with God's word. Uh, This is a really great tool. So John Piper in these look at the book videos marks up the text a lot. Now, some of it, the way he does it is to draw our eye to what he's talking about because he's not physically on the screen. It's just like a picture of the Bible on the screen and he's marking it up with his pen. So it'll keep you engaged. But some of it actually helps you interact with the text. So he'll like draw arrows and things like that and underline certain things and put squares around things. So you could follow some of his pattern even to mark it up. So let's go back and remember what the verses are. Uh, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. Now, I learned much of what I'm going to share with you today from these resources, uh, and I can't wait to share it with you. The first thing that jumps out at me and John Piper addresses in his video is this idea that we are friends if we do what Jesus commands, right? Verse 14 says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Now, part of my feathers get ruffled at this idea because I can't admit, imagine that that's like any ideal friendship I want. I'm only their friend if I do what they say. 
But then the other part of me remembers that Jesus is God and what he commands is so much more than just control over me. It's life and love and joy and he has all knowledge and so I can trust him. But then Dr. Piper explains something beautiful here about the word if. So there are two types of conditions in a statement like this. Number one, there is a cause that precedes and brings about an effect, or there is an effect that follows and confirms a cause. Now, when we first read it, we, we probably read it like the number one, like we are friends only if we do what Jesus commands as if our obedience equals our friendship. And as soon as we disobey, then we're no longer friends, right? So that's the way we would look at number one. But number two is really what we're going for. In fact, I saw a meme this week that said, we breathe air, trees make air. Homework kills trees, therefore homework is going to kill us all. (laughs) It perfectly makes my point that sometimes there is an effect that follows and confirms a cause, but is not necessarily a cause that precedes and brings about an effect. We can laugh at that meme because we know that that's not true. And yet, sometimes we can get kind of mixed up in this verse. So this if here does not mean that we are no longer his friends when we disobey his commands. Jesus' friendship with us, in fact, any aspect of our relationship with Christ, is not conditional upon anything that we do. This if statement here does mean that the doing what Christ commands is confirmation that we are his friend. So you don't qualify as a friend through obedience. His salvation produces a change in us. Still don't believe me that it's not all about us? Well, let's examine closer this friendship that we have with Jesus. So let's read again. Verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends For all that I have heard from my father, I've made known to you. So first of all, this friendship is marked by the greatest love. Greater love has no one than this. Whose love was great? His love was great. It's all him. Second, he laid down his life for his friends. Who laid down his life? He did. Not us. He. He did it. Him. him. It's all him him. Third, do we have a part at all? Well, yes, of course. It's a relationship after all. And so that is where it comes in. We obey. Now, remember my gut response earlier after my gut response to let my my feathers be ruffled? Well, without my relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, my life would be a hot mess. So an effect of my relationship is that I obey And I obey, I do what he asks because I trust him. I know that he knows all that I don't know. And so I lean into that knowledge and I trust and obey. Different him, but you get the idea. And while our obedience is our part, it's still all to our benefit and all initiated by him. Fourth, we are informed. Jesus doesn't keep secrets from us. We've been given the playbook all the way to the last scenes and the new heaven and the new earth. He doesn't leave us completely in the dark. After all, we're no longer called servants. Some versions 
say slaves, because we're brought into the loop as friends. He has revealed all that God has given to him to reveal to us. And then finally, we're welcomed into the family. Do you see it? The father gives him knowledge to reveal to us. He he welcomes us to the family table and he shares himself with us. We are friends. The son and father already have this wonderful, intimate relationship, and we are brought into that that circle. We're brought into that same relationship through friendship with the son. And we see that more clearly in other passages when we are described as adopted. But what a profound blessing it is to be called friends of the son. And this friendship is founded and grounded in the greatest love. He gave everything for us. It was all him. No wonder the effect should be that our lives are a reflection of his instruction. So what's next? Well, I want you to read in context up to our focus section in John chapter 15, verses 12 through 15. Go ahead and print out this section of scripture, double spaced with a wide right margin, so that you can feel more confident in marking it up and adding your observations to it. Watch the look the book videos, uh, look at the book videos and learn more about the precious gift of friendship we have with Christ. I know I'm challenging you to do something that maybe you've never done before. And I think that's the beauty in the bites. There are going to be some that are really comfortable for you, just like I have some that are my favorite go-tos. But as you try new things, it will you will discover new things uh, because you'll see things in new ways, even if you are very familiar with the section of scripture that you're studying. But I hope that this idea of the uh, if statement is a reflection of the effects our friendship have on our lives, not a condition of our friendship. I hope that's uh, encouraging to you, as encouraging as this beautiful friendship that has been offered to us by God himself, Christ, the Son, and uh, all that that means to our lives. So, while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat, and let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, theoverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast. But more importantly, pointing them to God's Word through music. And when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at theoverflow.com. And I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Joy from New Hampshire, Kelly from West Virginia, Ramzan from the Philippines, Morgan from Alabama, Wynan from South Africa, and Teresa from Texas. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website, I mentioned it before, they will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. It's a great place to start. Subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You will also get an email recap of the week's episode and you get instant access to any of the resources I create for my episodes from time to time. It's just my way to say thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And there are so many ways to listen to the podcast now. We are featured on Joy 103.1 every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. And as always, on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio. 
You can also subscribe in iTunes. And while you're there, this is the place where you could leave me a written review and a star rating. And this really encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners and gives me some credibility. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Better For It by Riley Clemens to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellenizat.com forward slash 235. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.